Hey guys, welcome to the Better Way podcast where we have conversations about anything and everything pertaining to following Jesus in everyday life. Our hope is that the discussions that we have here would challenge your faith and encourage you in your relationships with God, people, and the world around you. My name is Adam Winter and I'm here with co-host Matt Dorn and our special friend, Ryan Breland, who smells like... Teen Spirit? Yes. I wasn't going to say that, but that's, that's really good. What were you going to say? I was going to say Skittles, TikTok... And Axe body spray. <laughs> Actually, uh, one of our kids left their Axe deodorant, and I just caught that. So I, nice. I was like, man, free deodorant is free deodorant. Yeah. So Amen. I'm pretty stoked on that. Ryan's back. He's been at summer camp. Welcome back. How many hours do you sleep? Uh, we got good sleep. Shout out to Look Up Lodge. Uh, lights out. Mandatory lights out. 1130. So. so you're required to get sleep. You're required to get Love sleep. It. So shout out to them. Love it. Well, welcome back, listeners. Today, we're jumping into our next Monday regular episode, and I'm excited, although it's not an exciting topic. But yeah, there's no there's no seamless transition into today's topic. It's a weighty one. Um, today, we're talking about a pretty heavy sin issue, which you know if you clicked on the episode, you already know where we're going. But the, the topic that we're discussing today is pornography, which we're going to jump into full on in just a second. And just to let our listeners know, the day we're recording this is different than the day it's released. But the day that you're listening to this right now, if you're listening to it on the day that it came out, is Monday, July the 10th, which means that tonight at New Covenant Church, we are having our next Common Ground one-night event. And it is on this topic, Victory Over Lust. Pornography, as, as I'm sure we're going to mention today numerous times, is by no means just a male issue. As statistics show us more and more how this is increasingly both a man and woman issue. Uh, with that said, this particular event we're doing at the church here tonight is for men only, and we are in the process of trying to put together something for women as well in this area because it, again, is a problem for both men and women alike. So if you're a guy that struggles and you're listening right now, register for tonight's Common Ground and show up. We'd love to see you there. But today we are talking to everyone, man and woman. So whether you personally struggle and, and you're listening because you want to know, okay, how do I break free from this thing that's been in my life for some time? Or maybe you're listening because you know somebody that does struggle. We hope that this is going to be an encouraging and practical episode for you because this particular sin, it's honestly just devastating people's lives, people's marriages, families. It's driving people in, into increased isolation. It's amping up anxiety, depression, shame, cutting people off from, from following Jesus in a more deep and meaningful way. And yeah, we just want to talk very, very practically about how to move out of this. And so just to kind of open it up, we're not going to go too deeply into my story today, but if you want more of my story, you want the you want the unedited raw, I'll give you some of that right now. But if you want the full thing, again, show up Common Ground tonight, 630. But yeah, just kind of my own history. This is a very personal conversation for me because I have such a history with pornography. And I'm trying to keep it as abbreviated as I can just for time's sake. But was exposed to pornography at a young age, like like many, increasingly so many children are. I was, I want to say, 10, 11 years old. I was at a local landfill with my grandfather. We were unloading his truck. And I looked down into the, the landfill area and someone had dumped uh, several magazines. I picked one up and there was all kinds of naked ladies in it. And I was like, this is interesting like I've never seen this before and it, it sparked some type of curiosity in me and then as I got older into my early teen years 12 13 14 years old that, that's just such a unique age in general you're just trying to figure the world out you're going through you know awkwardness and trying to just relate to your peers and all this and then on top of that went through several difficult things in my family that really just really spun me out honestly in a lot of different ways so the increased curiosity with porn really threw me headlong into it all the more to where that became a very easy escape. 
not having to think about what I was going through. And so that gradually got worse and worse and worse uh, into my late teen years, carried it into marriage to where it, man, for so many years, just, just devastated my marriage. I mean, my wife and I had those discussions early on in marriage, so it wasn't like I necessarily got found out, but it absolutely did a number and is still doing a number on my marriage to this day. Uh, and thankfully, I can say that I, for the past several years, have been walking in more freedom than I ever thought was possible and have, by the grace of God, learned a ton of things that has helped me immensely in this area. But that's not to say that there aren't still wounds there that I'm still having to address, that my wife and I are still walking through and, and, and processing together. So very personal history with pornography in my own life, in my own marriage, in my own walk with God. And so that's, it's, it's, it's an issue that I definitely am looking forward to speaking to because I know it's, it's very, very prevalent. And uh, on that note, just a couple statistics to throw out there, some of which you may or may not be aware of. And I don't want to get heavy into the statistics, but this is just statistics within the church walls. The stats are pretty, pretty alarming. So that, here's a few. So one in five youth pastors and one in seven senior pastors use porn on a regular basis and are currently currently struggling. So that, that amounts to more than 50,000 U.S. church leaders. Uh, 43% of senior pastors and youth pastors say that they have struggled with porn in the past. So that's, that's the leaders of the church. Now we're talking about the general congregation. 64% of Christian men and 15% of Christian women say they watch porn at least once per month. And a recent survey came out, this is now talking about Christians and non-Christians together here in the U.S., stating that 89% of men and 61% of women admit to using porn within the last month. So that's pretty staggering numbers. Uh, Those first numbers within the church are coming from Covenant Eyes, which you'll hear about uh, going forward in a little bit, but staggering numbers and it's 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 stuff that i don't know i know i've grown callous to because of just how overwhelming it can it can seem but just tying in what the implications of those numbers mean this is related to marriages specifically 68 percent of divorce cases involved one party meeting a new lover over the internet 56 percent of divorces involved one party having an obsessive interest in pornographic websites so that's one out of every two divorces is the byproduct of one spouse having an obsessive interest in porn. And then another casualty of this is that 70% of wives of sex addicts could be diagnosed with PTSD. So the symptoms they're experiencing, the things that they're going through are very equivalent to someone who's been diagnosed with PTSD. So that's just, again, we're not going to belabor those statistics. There's so many more we could throw out there. And, and I don't really want to do that because I think most of us understand that porn is a problem. Uh, I don't think many of us have to be convinced that it's not. There's so much destructive things that, that come from it. And a problem that I continue to see as we, as we engage the conversation, guys, is, is that many, many I think, don't think that, like, like we realize that it's a, it is a problem out in the world or maybe even in, in the church at some level, but we don't always see it as a big problem for ourselves. It, it's, a, it's a problem that's kind of out there, and, and so it's not really something that we have to deal with in here. And... This isn't true of everybody, of course. Like, there are certainly people listening who may not have a problem in this area at all, and that's awesome. That's amazing. That's what we're shooting for. Um, There are also those that perhaps used to have a problem with this, but by God's grace have overcome it, and we celebrate that. But then there are those, which we're going to talk about in a little bit here, that have put together kind of a litany of justifications when it comes to this issue, who have convinced themselves that they, they don't really have a problem, at least not one worth dealing with, and so they remain stuck. 
their, their marriages remain stuck, their walk with Christ is dreary, it's lifeless, and they, they begin to wonder why. And so guys, kind of to start the conversation, I want to start by defining what porn is. And we were talking about this a little bit before we hit record. How can we expand our definition to go beyond just the triple X websites? I think a lot of us, when we're thinking of pornography, we're thinking, well, some people, depending on how old you are, are thinking of Hustler and Playboy, which newsflash, I don't know anybody that is frequenting those publications anymore. That is not the world we live in. It's a digital age. It's a whole new world. There's virtual reality porn on the horizon that's going to make billions and billions of dollars. It's crazy dark. It's way different than it was when the paper magazines were coming out. So one sentence definition that I was just thinking through that I, I want your guys' feedback on. Porn, let's expand it to mean anything that we are tying our sexual nature and our sexual desires to. Anything that we're tying our sexual nature and our sexual desires too. So what do you guys think of when you hear that definition? Is there anything you add to it? Um, yeah, to add on to it, because you, you, you were talking about how porn's not just the hardcore, the triple X. There's also subtleties that are pornographic in nature. Because as you're saying, and the simplicity of that definition implies that. You said anything that is tying our sexual nature or desires too. And so that opens that to so many little respectable things, I think mm -hmm. that we should say. You know, like there's things that we just like, we coddle with, they're not just a problem. Oh, I took that double glance. That's not a big deal, yeah. you know? Those, uh, man, heck, the things that come by our phone, um, you know, they, they can just pop up if you're on an app and the ads that pop up, you can just be like, I didn't intentionally go there, but it just came, it came to me, you know? And yeah. Just to interject there, when, when do you think that becomes a problem? So say an ad does pop up on your phone, like you just said, that just came to you. You weren't out there looking for it. So when does it cross over into, okay, this is sinful. Now, now I just acted on that in some way, shape or form. It, like, how would you define when that becomes a problem? Yeah. When you keep going back to that. Yeah. Oh, like, like, I mean, just for, for me, this is personally, so I'm not saying everybody has to do this, but like I was on a, a simple chess app and these ads kept popping up. And the first time I saw it, I was like, no, I don't want this in my life because I know where I can go with this. Yeah. I can justify that and saying, oh, I'm just going to play some chess. In the back of my mind, I could be hoping that that ad will pop back mm -hmm. up so I could see that again. Yeah. And, and those things are very, very subtle. They, they could be even to the, uh, the music we listen to, the uh, things we listen to, the videos, movies that we, we indulge in. I mean, like I, in my college years, worked at Blockbuster Video, and that was a huge source of pornographic material that was entering into my world from the soft to the most rated R you could find if it was in Blockbuster. Yeah, I think, uh, so I, as a youth pastor, kind of one of the things you get kids asking, you know, how far is too far, mm -hmm. right? How far can I go with my boyfriend, girlfriend, and like, it be okay? And shout out Connor Lewis, because uh, I got this from him, but it, it's the wrong question to ask, right? Because that question is asking, right. how much can I get away with? Like, mm -hmm. how much can I satisfy these desires? And still call myself a Christian rather than thinking like, okay, am I seeking to honor God? Am I seeking to glorify him first? And that's really what we're after, right? Is, yeah. a, is a sexual ethic that isn't built around gratifying my own desires, mm -hmm. but honoring and glorifying God. And from there, you know, for me, loving my wife and like even just the reality of like, man, this isn't just a Ryan thing, a Ryan struggle. Like my sexual sin affects you, affects Adam, mm -hmm. affects Matt. It affects the church. Mm -hmm. Talk more about that. Elaborate on that. How does it, how does it affect... Because I think one of the lies is, I'm just looking at this and I'm not hurting anyone else. Yeah. Maybe I'm hurting my wife if she knows about it, but how am I hurting my church? How am I hurting, like, expand on that. Yeah, well, so in, in Joshua 7, there's a guy named Achan, and he just kind of, he, he just steals an idol, right? Just his own little idol. And this is in the context of God is telling Joshua and Israel, like, you're going to fight AI, that's the name of the city you're attacking, and defeat them. Like, don't take anything 
you know, don't take any of their gold, don't take any of their animals, just defeat AI. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or excuse me, the battle previous to AI. Mm-hmm. And so they're supposed to defeat the enemy, don't take anything, don't touch any gold, don't touch any sheep, just defeat them, and then on to the next battle. And this guy named Aiken just kind of, you know, takes a little, you know, takes a little, hide it, little hides it in his little tent, mm-hmm. you know. And then Israel goes and fights AI, and they lose. They get embarrassed. And then Joshua is like, okay, Lord, what happened? Because, like, this, you know, we've received nothing but victory. And so long story short, they find out that this guy, Aiken, has taken this, and he's hidden it in his tent. And so his little sin, just his personal sin, affected the whole camp, affected the whole army, affected the whole nation. And if I'm in sin, it's not only just affecting my walk with God, it's affecting how I interact with you as a brother in Christ. Mm. It's affecting how I interact with, you know, my family, which is, you know what I mean? It, yeah. it spirals. There's a snowball. Because we're a body, right? We're like, a body. If I'm an arm and you're an arm and your arm's going atrophy because you're in sin mm. and your bond is that, now I've got to work twice as hard. And it's yeah. not just because, oh man, now i got to work twice as hard. Come on, Ryan, get out of that. It's like, no, it affects. It affects. Now i got to work twice as hard. Yeah. And, and, and the rest of the body is like compensating for all mm-hmm. that yeah. that atrophy or that... that if I'm a liver it. and I'm not doing my job as a liver, right. now all of a sudden the gallbladder has to do a liver job. Yeah. I don't know I don't know anything about we're, biology. We're great doctors. So, yeah. Doctors are listening to this. We have no we idea. Don't know. We don't know. We don't know nothing. But we uh, know they're all connected. They're That's also the all connected, right? And so, like, yeah, it's the idea of, again, and Jesus even talks about, like, you know, like if, you're, if your eye has darkness, right, it spreads to the whole body. And so there's right. this idea of, it's not just me and my own little battle, my own little struggle. Like, it affects you. In Bible college, that's something that was, like, eye-opening to me because I was just like, it's just me. It's my little thing. But, like, man, I'm bringing porn. I'm bringing this demonic thing mm-hmm. into my house with my roommates. It's affecting them. It, it's not yeah. just a my thing. It's something that's affecting Bobby and yeah. Jake and, you know, these guys who I'm supposed to be fellowshipping with, living life with. And this sin, I think the Bible would say, it. there's no hierarchy of sin. All sin is sin before God. But this sin is unique in the sense that it's a sin against one's own body. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very self-evident for those that have spent any amount of time in the area of pornography. There's so much shame. And I think that's one of the natural ways that it does sever you off from the body of Christ. In my darkest moments of, of being just steeped in it, I mean, I would detach from people. If I was engaged with other people in some version of community, I was short-tempered. I was irritable. The worst versions of me would come out and, and sometimes I could hide it better and I'd be like, yeah, I'm good. Oh, how's it going? You know, but a lot of times it was either just snappiness, short temperedness, because I'm not happy with myself. I'm disgusted with myself. I'm feeling the weight of, of shame and guilt because I'm in hiding. And it was only when through the process of coming into the light, bringing it into the light that, that some of that healing began to take place. Yeah, to kind of wrap up that question, just as we expanded that that pornography definition to mean anything uh, that's tying our sexual nature and or our sexual desires to anything at all. So that could be, obviously, triple X websites. That could be the media we consume, the things we're watching on Netflix, on Hulu, whatever. Social media. Social media, Instagram, scrolling, Instagram TikTok, feeds. Yep. Twitter, yeah. And again, the idea isn't what can I watch or what apps can I use and get away with, but like, what is my intention behind this? Like, am I seeking to glorify God yeah. ultimately? Or am I, to use the illustration, you know, a little poop gets in the brownie. Yeah. You know, am I okay just allowing a little bit in? And not understanding, like, man, it will take mastery over you. What you feed forms you. Mm-hmm. So what you're feeding on is forming you, and it's shaping a reality of your sexuality, your view of God, your view of each other. And it's forming these things that over and creating layers and layers upon layers in your life that affects how you relate to them. I think everybody's got to answer the question personally. I think, it's, I think a better question is, like, what is porn for you? Like, mm. like what is porn for me? 
it might not be porn for you. Like I, I might be able to listen to something or just going back to the app you brought up, Matt, I, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I, I maybe, maybe that ad did come up, but maybe it's just whatever. And it didn't spark something in me personally to where it's not luring me back. But for you, you recognize, oh, maybe this, this isn't good for me. You know, some people are able to watch things that have some stuff in it to where it genuinely does nothing to them uh, in, in terms of sexual desire. Nothing's happening there. It's just like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Whereas for me, I've got to be very, very careful with that. And so I think it's, it's got to be very personal. I think there's a maturity in that too right because uh-huh. I, you know again like for Adam or for Matt or for you know there's a maturity of recognizing like okay like there's some things that aren't good for me to take part I think like maybe early on in your faith or depending on where you are in your walk with Jesus like you might not have the discernment to say like hey that's not good for me mm-hmm. you know what I mean and so you might not be wise enough to say okay i need to put blockers up i need to say no to this you might just think okay i'll just consume right yeah Yeah. and as you get older you're like hey you know what that that's actually not because like matt's saying it is forming something in me it is creating something in me so like this isn't good for me even again as you get more mature you might be able to say you know what i can watch you know whatever tv show or whatever and not stir anything in me but i think it's a part of that you know growing in your walk with jesus is Mm -hmm. kind of being able to accurately discern where you are and again, I think it is good to have, you know, bring in the rest of the body of Christ to help them speak into that and say like, hey, like, you know, it, it might be awkward or weird, but is it, you know, am I, do you think I'm mature enough to have Instagram on my phone? You know, do you think yeah. I'm like mature enough in my walk with Jesus to like open myself up to these things? Mm-hmm. And- no, that's good. Another one of those things, just wrapping up that kind of, I mean, I'm thinking of even erotic literature. I mean, I think Fifty Shades of Grey is kind of past now, but I know like that, that genre of literature is huge, especially for females. And I do think the world is getting more creative at how they solicit to females, which I think is in part why we see the boost in female engagement with pornography. It's like the way that they come after men can be very different than the way they come after women. And so they've used this medium of erotic literature to where, oh, yeah, you know, like I'm reading this and it's no big deal. And oh, but that I'm kind of beginning to fantasize now. It's not that I'm just reading and moving past this. It's like I'm lingering on this interaction, this sexual encounter. And it's doing something to me personally now. It's not me personally. That's not like my thing. But for those that are listening, if you've if you've gotten caught up in erotic literature, begin to ask yourself: Is this doing something to my sexual desires? Because if it is, I would say that you've definitely crossed over into that pornography definition. Even like, I mean, again, like things that may be like gray areas, but can potentially be de- like romantic comedies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if it's, you're watching this movie where and it's doing something in you where you're like, man, my husband's not good enough. Or my wife's not good enough. Yeah. And you're no longer, like, Proverbs 5 talks about, like, it's, it's talking to guys here, but it says, you know, you're not satisfied with the wife of your youth. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not satisfied with your husband, if your husband's not enough, your wife is enough, you're watching or consuming things that, like, makes you, you know, man, my wife doesn't look like this girl on Instagram, or my wife doesn't look like this girl. Like, get rid of it. Be satisfied with the wife of your mm-hmm. youth. Another one that's, that's really a kind of awkward turtle to talk about is masturbation. I don't hear many people in the church talk about that because it's like we, we want to use other terms that i won't say here but the word masturbation just has this inherent like kind of gross it's not a sound. fun word it's not, it's fun, not fun it's like yeah, it's but while it's not fun it is fun to many many people let me tell you some more <laughs> statistics another study recently came out this one was pretty alarming to me 95 percent of men and 89 percent of women masturbate weekly that is that's like almost everybody that's a lot and wow. so that is a lot of people, and so it should be talked about more. Mm-hmm. It, it, that that should absolutely be talked about more because 
obviously there's a there's a link there between porn and masturbation not everyone that masturbates is watching porn again this topic of, of masturbation specifically is not talked about much in church either because there's something about sexuality the way that we use our bodies that just feels so personal and it and it is sacred and, and when we use those things improperly again it brings a ton of shame i think this is one of those sexual acts that can have a ton of shame tied up into it you're probably planning on asking the question but yeah so like is it wrong to masturbate you know i'll, I'll be the uh you know, the devil's advocate here, yeah. but like, yeah, if I'm not watching porn, if I'm not, or if I'm just thinking about my wife, you know, is it wrong for me to, you know, enjoy myself? Yeah. There are those in increasing number, apparently. I don't know any personally, but I'm sure they're around who, who do believe that you can, as long as your mind's clear, your mind's pure, you're not looking at something that's obviously sexually immoral, then yes. But I... And I don't know, Matt, you can spill on this as well, but just... Absolutely not. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's no. Yeah, and so there's some that, that hold to that view, and, and I'm with Matt mostly because orgasm is created to be experienced between husband and wife in the context of a marriage, and that's and, it. And it's kind of like my life for yours kind of thing. It's that whole, this is a gift that's been given to you by God in, mm-hmm. in this relationship. So it's not meant for you to take and just be selfish with. Mm-hmm. You yep. know, and that's what you're doing in that act. You, you're just being... It's self-serving. There's no way around it. Self-absorbed. Yeah self-centered my time my way what i want and yeah it's just such and when, when you look at it that way you're just disgusted by it mm-hmm. but man when, when you really want it you're just like so what do you say so- to to the single guy who man you know i just i have this pent up within me and it's like i don't know that's a, that used to be me when yeah. i was younger yeah, like yeah, dude, yeah. i could just get this out of me like I could focus more. Like I'm so much more productive. I just need to like release the beast and then I'm chill. Like I can be productive. I can read my Bible. But like right now I just can't think because I'm so caught up in this and yeah. my hormones mm-hmm. and desires. Like what do you guys say to that? The, the hard thing is, is when you've associated that release to that act, you're, you're caught up in that scientifically, that dopamine, you know, cycle. And your, your brain is saying, if I have this, I will think better, do better because mm-hmm. I have reached that that dopamine level and, and all those kind of things that are associated with that because then there's a lot of science that backs that up. It's mm-hmm. it's it's incredible, and so trying to shift that or replace that with a different activity would be a start in recognizing that it's going to be a hard fought battle. It's not going to be like oh yeah, I'm just going to like start running <laughs> and that's it. And that's what God thinks about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Lord said no. Gosh, I just died. I saw a flash and I was like, it's coming. <laughs> I didn't see a flash. So again, this topic of, of masturbation specifically, there's so much shame wrapped up in it. Like there's just so much shame and yeah. that I think, again, can drive you away from God and others. It, mm. it feels wrong to most people inherently. It feels like a perversion of what God intended. And that's, I would say, because it is. Like at the end of the day, I think like, you know, the verse that says, whatever you do, whether you're eating and drinking, whatever you are doing, i.e. masturbating, <laughs> do it to the glory of God. And so I guess the question would be, can you do that act to the glory of God? And I can't conceive of a way where you can gratify your flesh in that type of way and still give glory to God in doing that. You know what I mean? It just seems so contrary to that. So yeah, whether it's porn for you, whether it's the things that you're watching that aren't technically porn, but they're stirring that in you, whether it's erotic literature, whether it's masturbation, so much shame can be wrapped up in this. And so this is 
to have this conversation is not to heap any extra shame on you whatsoever. You are more forgiven and loved than you could possibly imagine. This is to remind us that there's a better way out there. That's what these conversations are all mm-hmm. about. So this is where I want to shift the conversation to kind of talk to the people out there who are listening to this. They're listening to this discussion right now. This is to talk to the person out there who knows that they do have a problem. So you're hearing all this. You're like, man, that is me. I do have a problem in, in all of these areas or in a couple of these areas, maybe just one of these areas. What, what do I do? And, and this is where this is going to be a two part episode, guys. Today, we're really just hitting kind of like the diagnosis. Uh, next time, it's going to be kind of like the cure. Like, what, what can we do to move out of these places to surrender our sexuality over to God in a more practical way to where we do experience freedom? What I would say on the front is someone named Joshua Broom. He is a former porn star. He is a former top five porn star. He's recently made a lot of rounds on Christian podcasts because he's a born again Christian. He's pastoring a church. He's moved completely out of that industry and was radically saved by Christ. Insane testimony from this guy, Joshua Broom. He says this, he says, the degree to which you're transparent about where you are, what you struggle with and what you've done is the degree to which you are opening yourself up for healing and redemption and transformation. So like just the importance of letting people into this area. There's so much shame. It's so scary. There's so much vulnerability and courage needed. Yes, there might be consequences that happen as a result, but there's so much that can happen if you remain hidden. And so I would just say to someone listening that's like feeling that nudge right now, that's not me, that's not Matt, that's not Ryan, that's the Holy Spirit. And he is nudging you to come out into the open with this, to have a clean conscience before him. We, we come to God for repentance, right? We come to each other. We confess to each other for healing. James 5.16 says, confess your sins one to another that you might be healed. So there is a healing that you and I can only get if we confess our sins to one another. It's great to confess to God. It's necessary to confess to God. But if that's all we ever do and we never bring our sins out into the light with one another, we'll never be able to experience that healing that God wants to give to us. So similarly to kind of what you're saying, like Galatians 5:17, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. I think there's a lot of hope there in the sense of like, if you are like, man, just in turmoil and distress because you're like, I hate this thing and I feel like I just, you know, feel enslaved to it. And I just, I think we all can relate to that battle and that hate and just like, I want to love the Lord, but like, I'm just trapped. The hope is like, man, the spirit is contrary to the flesh and the flesh is contrary to the spirit. And so there is tension there. There's a fight there. Those two things can't coexist. Mm -hmm. And so like, if you're feeling that, then that's good because that's the spirit like fighting against your flesh. And if you're not feeling that, if you become kind of so numb to it, where Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like no big deal, I'm just kind of, you know, that's more concerning. There should be a fight. There should be anguish. And so if if that is, I think that's actually a good thing. Like you should be encouraged by that. If that's not there, like that's more concerning. That's a good transition into this next bit here. Talk to the person who who just says they're going to try harder to stop. I'm just going to try harder. I'm putting my head down. You know, I'm hearing this. I'm convicted. I'm just going to try harder. Good luck. Because uh, there's going to be a lot of days that you're not going to want to try mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. And, and what do you do on those days? What do you do on the days when you don't feel like trying? When uh, the boots don't seem to fit right. Mm. You got a little chafing. You know, the, the journey's been hard and long and you just deserve something, you know. And you're going to have those days. And so if you're just totally relied upon self-will and that kind of motivation man it's gonna run 
it's going to run short. Yeah. And we, I mean, we talk about this in the office all the time, but like Jesus doesn't say try harder. Mm -hmm. He says, you know, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. out. If right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. He doesn't say, you know, try harder. Yeah. He doesn't say pray more. He's like, get violent, get Mm -hmm. aggressive. And I think like bleed. Right. And so it's one of those things. And again, like counting the cost of like, and he says, you know, it's better to enter into the kingdom of heaven, like missing an eye or missing a hand than to be full body and enter you know, separation from God. Yeah. And so it's like truly to understand like, man, what I have in Jesus is worth more than my hand, worth more than my eye. So mm-hmm. like I'm willing to cut it off. I'm willing to cut this thing off or out just so I can have a deeper fellowship with God. Mm-hmm. You know, like the God of the universe, the living God, the whole like desires a relationship with me and gave his son that I could have a relationship with him and has filled me with his spirit. And so like the least I can do is, you know, delete Snapchat. You know, like in comparison, you know what I mean? Yeah. Count the cost. Yeah. Yeah. Count the cost. Like, dude, there's so much more available to you. There's so much of a greater joy available. That's what we miss. We think Jesus is like holding out. Yeah. And he's like, I am literally trying to I'm save I'm trying to give you, you life. I'm holding it out. No, that's good. So like, yeah, we'll talk more extensively about that next episode. But that cutting off, that plucking out. Obviously, Jesus, he's being very serious about telling us whatever that looks like for you, whatever is causing you to sin. For some of us, that might be our smartphone. 88% of porn users use it on their smartphone. Modern hypodermic needle. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's right there all the time. You hardly have to look for porn anymore. Am I saying everyone needs to get rid of their smartphone? No, but some people might. And at bare minimum, you need to think about how you use that more efficiently and, and more to the glory of God. There's all kinds of ways you can lock that thing down. So again, we'll talk about some of this stuff next episode on the practical end. But yeah, that's really good, Ryan and Matt. Just trying harder will only get you so far. Willpower will only string together so many victories before you have no willpower. And again, another sign of the Holy Spirit is like, again, that desire to fight. Like, so, because we've talked about this, like, we've known people who have said, you know, just walk by the Spirit. You won't gratify the desires of the flesh. But like, part of walking by the Spirit is like, if I didn't have the Holy Spirit, I wouldn't want covenant eyes on my phone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I didn't have the Holy Spirit, I wouldn't be doing these things. Like I do these things because the Holy Spirit is like provoking me and moving me into these actions. Walking by the Spirit has to include obeying Jesus, right? I think the Spirit would be like, yeah, he said cut off your hand and pluck out your eye. Yeah. You probably should do that. Yeah. That sounds like walking by the Spirit. Yeah. 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 But yeah, so, so moving on, speak to the person who feels okay about this issue because they only struggle once in a while, you know, it just, if I get stressed out, maybe I'll just run to this or maybe it's every other week, maybe it's once per month, maybe it's even just a few times per year. So I don't really have to address this. I don't really got to think about this. It's not a big deal in my life. I think of that, like um, a story I heard the other day of this guy, he was selling his house and the house was savvy. It looked great and all. And the guy goes and crawls underneath the house and he notices there's a leak that's been going on for the past 15 years. But up above, you could sit on the toilet, you could like, you know, poop and do everything. But down below, it was deteriorating the home. Mm -hmm. And it took time and money and effort and belabored the process of selling the home. And the guy had to rip rip out foundation and stuff like that. And so 15 years, Mm -hmm. nothing. And then all of a sudden, You've got chaos and mass destruction. So that's what I would say to the, the person who's like, it's just a little bit. It's a little kind of like It's a little, little poop in the brownie. I don't taste it because the chocolate kind of covers it, you know. But it's, yeah. it's, it's killing you. Ephesians 5.3 says, But among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality. Mm. Like not even a hint. Like not, you know, shout out to the hint of line chips. Like not a hint of sexual immorality. Mm. Not a hint of, like not even a little bit among you. And again, this is against... Not speaking to us just as individuals, but as a church. It's like, again, if there's a hint of sexual immorality or whatever, like, you know, they can't be in the yeah. same room or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. 
or peanut stuff was cooked or whatever. I don't know how that works. But, like, it's that same idea of, like, we can't tolerate a little bit of it. Yeah. Because, again, it, it spreads and it grows and it doesn't just stay in its little corner. It, like, goes to infect every area and corner of your life. What I would say to those those people as well is I, I would just be curious to press a little harder on that. And this is, again, guys, this is coming from someone who I think of Paul when he talks about being the chief of sinners. Like, in, in some ways, I feel like the chief of sinners in this area. Like, this, this has been so prevalent in my life. So I know these justifications well. Like, these are written down by me because I know them very well. Yeah. And so to the person who says, oh, it's not that big of a deal, you know, it's just every now and then, it's just every other month or whatever, I would want to know, okay, but like, when you're quote unquote not looking at porn, what are you doing because I, I would bet that there's a lot of edging behaviors to where you're you're doing those little justifications you're watching stuff that isn't quote-unquote porn it's still feeding the beast it's still stoking the flames it's still making you want it even if you're not actually going to it so you're not honoring god with your sexuality in those seasons where you feel like you're not actually watching it if that makes sense but yeah no really good stuff guys so Talk to the person who thinks that they can still have a great relationship with God and their wife and their husband and others and still have an unchecked problem with this stuff in their life. Yeah, I think of James and how it talks like a double-minded man is unstable mm. in all his ways. The double-minded man will come face-to-face at some point in life, whether it be a circumstance to where it comes out like in a community and all of a sudden that, that person isn't who he projected him to be. Or it could be a spouse finding uh, the husband caught with pornography where the whole time he was, you know, living a life outside of there. Like, it was all, it was all good. And it's, it's, it's hard to live that double unstable life because it's, it's going to come out. Your sin will find you out. Your sin will find you out. And it's just, it's one of those, you're carrying a, so much more weight on your life. You're putting more turmoil, more stress, more anxiety, more shame mm just onto yourself Mm -hmm. Uh, when when there's freedom there's hope on the other side of that that's what i think people miss i think that when when ron reads about not even a hint i think there's people that that hear that and they're like man god you're stripping it all away like all of it like and it's like we don't even realize the abundant life that is coming from what he's offering that no there is for a better yes and if you've not experienced it you don't know that right and and that's where uh, you know someone that's still walking this thing out but has again seen increasing victory as i've tasted that and i'm sure as you guys testify to this as well and the every the not even a hint is so worth it And, and before where i'd have heard that and been like man that's 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 a really hard call right there. And now I'm like, man, like it's because he wanted me to access life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think guys, like if you're listening to this, hopefully you don't feel like we're heaping condemnation upon you. Again, because the three of us like have been where you are. Mm-hmm. And like Adam's saying, like there's so much hope and there's so something so much better. And so that's why it kind of seems like we're so like maybe aggressive or loud about it. Cause it's like, dude, like we don't want y'all to miss out on what Jesus is offering. Mm-hmm. And we also don't want y'all to like deal with the crap that we tell with. You know what I mean? No, yeah. Like, no, that's a good way to end the episode and talking to the last individual because I, I definitely want to end on this hopeful, grace-filled note. So talk to the person who who has tried to stop before. Maybe they're like, you know, I've tried some things. I've read some stuff. I've listened to some podcasts. I've, I've, I have opened up maybe even before to someone about this and it's all failed. Like it hasn't produced lasting change in my life. I'm still in the same spot. How would you speak to that person who feels like like hope really isn't possible? And maybe it works for some people and maybe other people have gotten free, but at the end of the day, they're always going to be stuck. I would encourage them just two things to think about, you know, what got you here just didn't happen overnight. So what's going to get you out of here isn't going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. And so that it's a process and just keep in mind that there's a destination that you're going for and there's a direction in which you're going in. And to continue to move in that direction to get to that destination. So keeping those two things in tension, that it's, it is a process, it's a journey. 
and um, to, to encourage them that. You're gonna have failures, but what do you do with that? Do you let that rule you or do you confess that and give that over keep to God? Going. Do you just let the fact that I've tried that before and it won't help me again to keep me down and not move in the direction toward the destination that I want to go to? Because I'm not going to get there overnight because I didn't get there overnight to where I'm at now. And so uh, just to remember that it is a process I think can be very hopeful and helpful for people uh, because we want things to change instantly. We want that. What's the formula to fix? And it's just not that way. There's layers underneath that, that really affect that. And so we have to keep in mind that that's a process thing. Ryan, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think like a, a, a lot, but... Um... Hebrews 12, 1 to 3, y'all can mm-hmm. read this on your own. That's but, it. like, yeah, like, you know, since we are surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses, like, again, you're not the only one who's been there. And, like, I, because I used to listen to people who, like, beat porn or experience victory, like, man, you know, that's y'all. Y'all are special. And the Lord loves you more. Like, it's not <laughs> reality for me. But, like, no, no, no. Like, you're surrounded by a crowd of witnesses who have been where you are. And then ultimately, like, the pastor says, like, fix your eyes on Jesus, who, like, succeeded where you failed like he was tempted in every way you were but did not sin that's where we fix our eyes you know that's where our hope is like jesus beat this and he is again caused his spirit to live within you to give you victory give you hope and all these things so we don't lose out on this like something you used to say all the time is like the bible is going to tell us we can beat this thing and like you know there's victory for us like we gotta you know you either believe it or you don't like it's either telling us that because it's true or you know it's all a fairy tale this is like if you truly believe like jesus is who he says he is and did what he said he did and has victory over sin in the grave. Like that victory is also available for you. Mm-hmm. And then even again, thinking like Matthew six, like this is something that was helpful for me. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. Like, you know, don't think about, okay, like, man, I want to be a year clean or two years clean. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I heard the thing about it takes three months to learn a bad habit in like six years or whatever to replace it or some, I don't even remember the exact thing, but then you start thinking like, oh my gosh, it's going to take me six years or yep, six right. months or whatever to yeah. defeat this. Like, no, no, no. Forget all that. You got right Like now. bump all that. I'm going to say yes to Jesus right now. Yeah. Like don't even think about like two hours from now. Mm-hmm. Like right now I'm saying yes to Jesus. Right. Like you're listening to this podcast. You're saying yes to Jesus now. Like, and again, an, an hour from now, just say yes to Jesus again. And it's something that I think goes into every area of life is just those little disciplines of denying your flesh, denying your body, say, I'm going to say yes to Jesus now. Let tomorrow worry about itself. Yeah. Let your five-year plan worry about mm-hmm. itself. Yeah. Or like, I'm focusing on Jesus right here, right now. That's good. Yeah, that was big shift for me too. Thinking about the long game was, was overwhelming and it seemed like impossible. Thinking about forever and not even a hint, like that was overwhelming. I was like, there's no way. When I began to shift to that 24-hour period or that moment-by-moment period of like, okay, right here, right now, I can glorify God. I can surrender this over to him. And just to add on to some of the verses Ryan said, one of my favorites is Second Peter 1, 3, where it says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Not, not will give us, but his divine power has given us everything that we need for living a godly life. So again, we've got the tools. We have access to the Holy Spirit. He has given us what we need to honor him with our sexuality. First Thessalonians chapter four says, it is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable. And so 
he's calling us. He's saying, this is God's will. I want you to honor God with your sexuality. I want you to live a sexually pure life. And so that's possible, right? Why would he, he's not toying with us. He's not saying, hey, I want you to do this, but also, by the way, you can't. Like, he's calling us to do something that he has empowered us to do. And so again, this is what we're going to look at next time on part two. And so yeah, obviously this topic is heavy. This topic is weighty. We really want to just reinstill hope into the conversation by just praying so you guys if you're listening if you're driving keep those eyes open but yeah we're gonna pray god we just do uh, thank you for your word we thank you that the holy spirit is in us those of us that know jesus have surrendered to jesus we have everything that we need to live a life that honors you all things that pertain to life and godliness have been given to us so we know that we can do these things we can surrender our sexuality over to you and honor you in these ways so lord would you do this work in our hearts whoever's listening whoever's hung up in these areas would you show them the path that they need to take and would you let them know that there is no shame there is no condemnation for those that are in christ jesus that they are eternally loved eternally forgiven and that there is always hope so help them to take that next step whatever that step may be in jesus name Amen. Amen. So yeah, we love you guys. We hope this has been helpful to you. Again, if it has been, we hope you'll like and subscribe to it, share it with a friend, give us a rating, all that good stuff, and be on the lookout for part two of this conversation where we get really practical about what it looks like to begin this process of walking in freedom over sexual sin. So we'll see you next time.